Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. So we were just talking about like, what are we going to say on the podcast? Who did something? And then Dan gave us a hot tip or a, a new uh, breaking news. news. Yeah. Breaking news. I am the breaking news guy. The office. It's, yeah, but it's usually like Russian conspiracies. It's always like hunting adjacent, but not really. It's always like moose antlers. Speaking of moose antlers, I was just reading about a guy that beat a pedophile to death with a moose antler. Like that's, that's not the example of your ridiculous. That actually happened. That actually happened. Did you read the whole story? <clears throat> So it was this guy that um, went to jail for <clears throat> assaulting a kid a while ago. He's in this neighborhood. Everyone kind of knew him as a Herbert the Pervert on the list. And he was um, like just parking outside of schools and stuff. And this dad felt like he was following his daughter or there's some sort of like he was always around his daughter. And he just went over there and beat him to death. Uh, with moose antler, apparently with something else, and then finished him off with the moose antler. Did he have the moose antler with him? It sounds like it was at the pedophile's place. No. Oh. Uh, so just strapped to his hip, walks around with the moose antler. Yeah, and then he Never just know. and then he just walked over to the police station, like covered in blood, and turned himself in. It was like, hey, just beat the pedophile to death. Uh, so wow, wow. The pedophile. So yeah, moose antlers. Good defense weapon. So that had to have taken place in Maine or something, where they have <laughs> meese? Uh, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere north. There's Probably a, somewhere yeah, north. A lot of places. It have. might have been Canada. I wonder I if it was know. Alex. I'll share the story in Slack. It's good hunting. Hunting related. Good. Uh, you have to share it on Go Wild, too, now. And just say, hey, a couple episodes from now. This is coming. Discussion of the, the moose. <laughs> I, will, I will save the link, and then when this podcast goes live, I'll, I'll comment we could, on the podcast. We could break out into a discussion of if a moose antler shed is really the best weapon versus like a whitetail or an elk, but I think maybe we'll save that for another day. Well, mm. or how many uses are there for a moose antler? Yeah. Moose, those antlers are like defensive, like to protect you from getting butted, right? Like they're not supposed to, you're not they're not clobbering each other with the antlers. They're yeah, like moose? shields. Yeah, they totally I mean oh, do they? Yeah. just like anything else. I, oh. mean, I thought it was like deer moose are deer trying to like deer are trying to antler you. Like but like moose are just like using no, like a dude, shield. They're very aggressive. Well I know that, but I thought they were mostly like Yeah, they use their legs a lot for leg sure. Leg action. No, I think that's that was, also when weapon. they charge though, it's head down. Mm-hmm. Like because they're, like, so flat. You got two the giant boat paddles coming huge. at you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they're, like, 40 pounds when they're big. So, so now imagine. when you're wielding a 40-pound moose antler and beating someone with it, you're a strong man. I, I mean, need to know, mean, is it a juvenile or an adult? Yeah, that's a good point. If someone had it in their house, I bet it was pretty big. I bet it was, like, a trophy size. You meant the moose, not the, the child. Yes. Oh, Sorry. Okay. This is. I just oh, didn't right. know which. I just. <laughs> no one's wrong. wielding children around yeah. here. Yeah. Well, someone uh, was. Uh, and got man. Beat by moose antler. Well, anyways, you guys went fishing. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yes. Well, stick to the shed story. That's oh, yeah. where we yeah, start. I think that's, that's where, where this started. Oh, transition. Are, are you trying to be like Erica with the mic right now? It's like sticking. Uh, 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 yeah. You, she, Erica always puts the mic six inches from her from face. It's two fingers whispers. is the rule. Yeah. There you go. There we go. All right. So you went shed hunting? Yeah. Me and Phil, we went out to a spot that um, 
we we hunt a lot um and we have some great bucks on camera out there and definitely we're trying to find those really big sheds from those really big bucks but in doing that uh spoiler alert we didn't find a shed but in doing that we kind of were like man where do you start looking for sheds for these giant bucks and we started like going back through all of our camera pictures and like all the pictures of big bucks are coming from this one specific area that like during hunting season we haven't wanted to go in and like mess up. Like you don't want to like just follow a buck trail and like go looking for a buck or whatever in the spot you're going to be hunting. And so we're like, man, let's just like, let's just go that way and start seeing what we can see. Um, and we walked, um, miles just like following trails and piecing everything together and dropping on X pins and, and getting everything lined out and really kind of, had a better understanding of why I ended up shooting my buck this year, why he came from where he came from, why Phil shot his buck the the previous year, like just of how the whole landscape is working. And on top of that, there's all these logging roads now um, back there um, that weren't there in the past. And so we kind of had to relearn the area and figure that all out. And we've got a really, really good setup out there for early season um, early season south wind that's going to be our spot and we feel really good about it so that was fun i i did hear that you're just not a dan johnson when it comes to shed hunting though well i mean i did what he said <laughs> what's that mean? i put my head down and i walked miles dan, dan was talking about how uh he used to shed hunt last episode and he uh was a successful shed hunter he said not not one of these guys i mean he used to find a lot of sheds uh-huh. um but he's like it's not hard you go to where the deer live so. Well, and walk a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we I didn't. Saw. We didn't get to walk like as much as we wanted to, but uh, it, it was, was really funny on uh, social media. The, uh, the National Deer Alliance, Lindsey Thomas, posted a uh, you know the the stuff Lindsey drops is just amazing. He's so smart, but he was dropping a um, video about shed hunting and how there was this. Uh, you know, they have these research facilities. Uh, this one was 480 acres and they were observing whitetail in Georgia, I think, and, or, or Alabama, I can't remember somewhere down South. And they were talking about how they sent out these grad students and they would look for antlers from these deer and they were only finding 40% of the, the drops from the deer that they knew they had on site. And all these rednecks are commenting, and they're like, "Well, that's what they get for sending college students in. Uh, they they should send in rednecks." And I'm like, "Are you guys just openly admitting that you don't think rednecks can be smart and go to colleges? <laughs> like they didn't realize what they were saying?" And and then Lindsay was commenting, "He's like, well, how do you know that uh, they aren't rednecks? Like, well, just because they went to college doesn't mean that. Obviously, if you're majoring." in something related to whitetail biology, you like to hunt. These are really smart people. Like, yeah. I don't I don't think these Bubba's are, that we're commenting are going to come in and do any better shed hunting than the guys that are literally researching the deer. Also, 480 acres with grad students, they could probably cover all that, like, through a class. Like, they could, yeah. you could get through it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's hard, too. Like, when they when they shed their antlers, it's not like they just go, boop, and yeah. fall on a trail. Like, they go like this right. and well, shake their head, and then they go, woof, woof. A, a lot of what Lindsay directions. was saying is that you're, you know, people are always looking for the big ones, but and he's like, that's the easy part. It's when you can find the little ones. You know, yeah. we have some of these sitting on our table here. It's like those are the, the ones that are really hard to find because they get covered by leaves. They fall into rock cracks and, you know, all these really difficult places to find. He's like, it's – you know, everybody takes pride in finding the big one because you want to have your deer that you're hunting yeah. their their drops. But he's like, that's not the that's not the hard part. Yeah, 
it's finding the little ones. Well, yeah, not to mention critters grabbing them. Yeah, yeah. So yotes want them, yeah. squirrels want them. Like yeah. everything's grabbing those. My dog loves them. Around. <clears throat> he loves to chew on antlers, and I'd be curious to see how many are just stacked up in a coyote hole somewhere. Oh man, yeah. Ernie won't touch them. Really? Mm-mm. Wants nothing to do with them. I've tried. Yeah. So Dugsy loves them. Well, there you go. So now, can we talk about <clears throat> fishing? Because I'm really curious. And, yeah. and let's just all say that Dan bailed. He did, did man. Bail. He something about. Cold. Shower and supposed no, to be that's cold a different rainy. story. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Working on a shower. Oh, I think even Dan taking a shower for a minute. Yeah, no, it's just I got a big honeydew list, so there's only so many weekends I can be like, can I be gone all weekend? Well, unless it's 80 degrees too, Dan doesn't like to go outside. This is true. That was a, the heavy factor. That, the that, weather was discussed a lot. Yeah, it was going to be, it was forecasted to be raining. You guys were going Sunday. It was supposed to rain Saturday through Saturday night into Sunday. And then they were saying it was going to be like 38 degrees in the morning on Sunday. Plus, it was daylight saving. So we were losing an hour. So we are already going to be tired. And this creek is, what, an hour and a half away? You should have left that part out, bud. What? I was on two hours of sleep. Well, that's yeah. not healthy. That's not a good it's thing. Not about oh, you're you about just, health now. You just got so squishy. <laughs> Cigarettes I'm drinking aren't very this healthy, healthy <laughs> Wildlands coffee, Mister Arby's. Oh, oh yeah, we. Uh, yeah. That's right. How's the? So this is uh, this podcast brought to you by Wildland Coffee. Our buddy Zach out. sent us uh, some. Yeah, Dan's just roll. Are you rolling with it? You just got the whole yeah. bag in there? No, yeah. no. Oh, you took, took it out. Took it um, The so. Uh, Zach from Wildland Coffee sent us some coffee to try on each show here, and we brought Dan in. Dan's never had the coffee. So, Dan, with uh, I just identified that you have a garbage palate, but what do you think? I do have a garbage palate. I'm not a huge coffee drinker, although I was drinking my uh, Keurig K-Cup this morning. Uh, it's good. The weird thing about me with coffee is I don't like hot drinks oh yeah you so, let your coffee get cold right yeah so if coffee's been sitting out for four hours that's my chance. Well, i'm glad right. we so gave the you the dumpster pallet oh, yeah <laughs> i'm glad we gave you the uh nice wildland mug yes that, uh, actually these are so nice that i just had to scold chris because zach sent us two and chris it. just took it home i was like dude that wasn't dude, he is the king of <laughs> that's kind of on loving you. that's kind of on you though you think because i didn't <laughs> yeah. No, we you literally told specify. him we told yeah. him i said chris because chris will put anything through the dishwasher and these are really nice with the cork bottom i said chris Please don't put this in the dishwasher. And Chris took that to mean that we didn't want to wash it, so he should take it home where it'll get washed, hand washed. And so, there's not a sink. If if there's ever free stickers, free hats, or anything that comes in from a trade show, it's gone within seconds. Because if Chris Klein comes through, yeah, most so. of the time I just give it to him. So save I know I've, I've started just uh, going ahead and proactively giving stuff to Chris too. So, but yeah. So about the coffee, you know, I'm I'm doing Keurig K cups and this. A tastes better, but B it's got all the convenience of the K cup because it's self contained and you just make it once and throw it away. But I don't have to make it at home with my big machine. I could just bring some packets to the office. Well, and on like fishing trip too, what's cool is you could take like a hot boiling water, put it in the Yeti, take it with you guys, and then you can have a fresh cup there instead of it sitting and continuing to you know cook. So plastic K cups. Mm-hmm. There's no plastic in these things. That is cool. I think like if you're comparing the the packability ease ease of use, um, keep that plastic out of the environment. That's true. It does have this this thingy though. Well, well, yeah, there's some packaging. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not not bad. Yeah, I thought you were gonna do like you shouldn't be drinking 
through plastic. Like I think even the guy, the hot water in the plastic. No, even the guy that invented K cups said he regretted it. Yeah, really. Yeah, because they're so bad for like you can't unless you completely take off all the foil and dump out the coffee and then separately recycle them. They're they're not recyclable. And then you're like, all right, K cup guy, we'll donate all the money you made off. Well, I don't regret it that much. Let's not be irrational. I don't regret it that much. All right, before we move on, I'll just say if you want to check out Zach's Coffee, it's wildlandcoffee.co. The dude's got a uh, he sells them in the in batches, like you can buy a whole box. Today we're drinking the uh, medium roast, so which is is approved. It's tasty. It's very I will tasty. say I let this one steep longer than last time. Helped and out. I enjoy it. Yeah, that's what Zach says to do. Yeah. Just, he's he, the new ones he's working on are for people that don't feel like they're strong enough. He's he's trying to come up with a better batch. So well, the other thing, since it's a tea bag. You can let it keep going until the flavor's right. That's right. And then take once you get used out. to, like, once yeah. you know, sounds like Jacob's a 10, 11 minute guy, you just leave it in there that long. So, yeah, he should make one for non coffee snobs like me that have sugar and non dairy creamer in the bag as well. <laughs> put a little flavor, you know, some nutmeg. <laughs> I might just put that bag in my cheek. <laughs> but yeah, that's the next uh, product. The it's just, yeah, it's like a, it's like a wildland grinds. Yeah. But anyway, so fishing. Uh, I only get so many weekends uh, a year to to go turkey hunting, go deer hunting. So I try to be judicial in when I use it. And the weather was supposed to be bad. And this is all bank fishing, <clears throat> and it's not super well maintained. And I was just envisioning like muddy banks. Have you not heard him say this part yet? Well, no. Welcome. You said it's not well maintained. It, you're saying that that has the best bank access. Part, his reason, part of his reason for not going, was getting all slippy on the bank. Brayden did almost take a bath at one point. So why are you acting not, like I'm talking crazy? It's not. It's, it's not super cr- well that maintained. That is very crazy. He it's survived. Insanely it. He well might have got a little bit wet in one spot. I agree, disagree. What Easy. do we buy? What do we buy all this gear for <laughs> if we don't want to use it? Yeah. What do you mean? You got all this warm, like, stuff to keep you warm. Well, and it gets if, a little chilly, and you're like, <laughs> I want to fish in a T-shirt and short. Mm. <laughs> I will, if it was waiting, I would do that. Because I went waiting out. It is not a waiting experience. You know, yeah. end of December in North Carolina, and it was yeah. 34 degrees and, you know, snow all over the banks. And that's okay, but it just didn't seem like the weather was going to be good for yeah it wasn't i mean it was cold but it was better than i thought it was going to be i thought you guys were going to be getting dumped on well it it was we got less rain than was projected yeah the water looked good i mean there was a little bit of mud at the top where there's a feeder creek that comes in um but honestly the water was pretty perfect yeah i mean you said they you got one on a woolly bugger that you were streaming so they must have been active it must have been a good water temperature yeah i would I would say we had that warm week a couple of weeks ago. If you had fished like three days into that, it probably would have been exceptional. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the temperature dropped last week, got a little colder. We did have cloud cover, which was good. Uh, that helped a lot. But from at least one of the fish I caught, it was scarred up enough that it looked like it had worked itself up from the main river. And so – that's we've continued to go back every year from a couple of years ago when Braden and I had an exceptional day. He caught two really big fish coming up out of the main river. And so we've continued to go back to try to like replicate that. And I think if, if we had been there a couple of weeks ago when it was warmer, how was the pressure? Was, was there a bunch of other people fishing? <laughs> well, there was what five of us together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who all went? 
Braden, myself, two of his buddies. And Tucker then, and Shane. Yeah, Tucker and Shane. And then Steven. Steven Davis. From Go Wild. That Braden had talked oh, cool. to Go Wild and figured out <clears throat> he, he was, was fly fishing yeah. in Kentucky. I just commented, like, hey, yeah. see you're fly fishing in Kentucky. Cool. Um, huh. you know, I think Platform we're going works. soon. Yeah, I was like, we're going soon. And he was like, uh, yeah, like, where are you going? Like, what, and I was like, let's DM about this. And he was like, yeah, I'll be there. I was like, fantastic. Nice. <laughs> yep. I'm yeah. guessing he'd been there before. No. no. So he's really? been fly fishing for four weeks. And he's just oh. getting into it. And so, like, awesome. getting to hang out with a guy like Jacob and, like, asking him a bunch of questions and learning. And a guy goes, like you. Not a guy like well, me. To I learned fair, everything I know from Jacob. I don't want to – let's not set the expectation that I was guiding Steven and helping him a ton. You're no, just yelling, just you're just you're you're just yeah. yelling yeah. at him, get the net, <laughs> get the net. That did happen one time. It did. <laughs> but not, he was, he was intentional, un- though. He was, like, trying to learn. So he was asking a lot of, like, really cool questions. Yeah. Like, it was, it was fun. There was one point he got hung up and I was explaining, like, how you – try to get it free based on the current and stuff. And so, yeah, it was good. And, you know, you know me, I love to share flies. So I'm out there hanging out my little drug baggies of flies. He literally flies. did. We pulled up in the parking lot and he had like little baggies for everyone, like mom's lunch. Like, yeah. there you go, boys. Here's your orange slices. Did you guys what, see what about Zach Kurovich? Did he, he didn't make, make it. Over? Okay. He didn't make it. He, which he said he was busy. He was trying to shed hunt and do some stuff out the farm. Yeah. Funny enough, Stephen and Kurovich are friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. They hung out. He actually shot um, his first deer at Recovery's farm like you. Just like me. Well, he did a crossbow, though. Oh. How many shots did it take him? Um. <laughs> not not I didn't ask what talking about. <laughs> uh, well, I wish I knew that episode number that we could point people to. Cause that's, musket uh, lo- it's called Musket mus- Loader. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of the first uncensored episodes. Uh, because I think... It has to be one of the first, like one of the first 15 or so, because it was that deer season when I got toothpicks. So yeah. it was uh, right after that, maybe. That it was, was it's probably a December date because it was muzzleloader season. Yeah. Musket so, loader. Musket loader. <laughs> Ye old musket loader. That's I think it's called. Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. Why has that not been put on a t-shirt yet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, next sticker. Uh, um, uh, the fishing, though, um, I, I, would, I was talking to my dad last night, and I was like, you know, I caught a couple good fish, but overall it was slow. Like the um, the fishing was pretty slow. I don't know if they were just down deep, not eating a bunch. Um, we caught a couple at the very top, like typical. And, and the water the, was pretty clear. Yeah, it was pretty clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I didn't touch the water to feel it because it's pretty consistent down there. But J- just for you know, some people that listen to the show may not fish. Like get a li- you guys haven't said like target species and stuff. Kind of talk through what you were doing and where like as much as you can. I know you don't want to say where, but uh, you know, I don't care about where. Well, if you yeah. don't care about where, <laughs> like just I'm give just give some. Uh, you know, we're hitting high level of yep. some stuff. Just get get a little deeper. Yeah. So this is uh, below the Lake Cumberland Dam, Wolf Creek Dam. It is called Hatchery Creek in so Kentucky. In Kentucky. Yep. And so we are after rainbow trout. There's I've caught one small brown trout out of there. I've caught a cutthroat. They've randomly stuck some cutthroat in there, and then there are brook trout in there as well. You're primarily catching stalker size rainbow trout most of the time. Um, pretty cool creek. We've I think we've talked about it on other episodes, but there's the dam, and then the water comes through the hatchery, the you know the national fish hatchery that's there. And then comes out of that, and what they did is they cut a meandering creek that weaves back and forth, has a bunch of different types of structure, looks very western in certain parts of it. Um, at the bottom of it, before it hits the main river, there's these plunge pools that are you know 15, 20 feet long or so. 
And so it's, it's really cool. You get a lot of different types of fishing. So at the top of the Creek, there's sidewalks on both sides of it. A lot of people go there. It's put and take, uh, they stock fish into it every other day. So there's a lot of people that just come and utilize it. I highly encourage if you are in Kentucky and you've never caught cooked your own trout, this is the place to go mm. try it out. Uh, because there's a lot of fish. And so, or if you want to try out fly fishing, that's a, that's a great spot because it's fairly open yeah. and you can get used to the moving current in a kind of more controlled environment. And they still have like big rocks and stuff in there. So you're yeah. in like moving current. So you're like learning the, like the drift and how to make good casts and all that stuff. And it's, you can see the trout feeding most right. of the time. And yeah. so you can kind of, now you're calculating how they're doing it, what pace they're doing it, all that kind of yeah. stuff that you need to think about when you're. See a little bit of what they're take, hitting. Yeah. Take yeah. the, uh, are there fish here out of the qu- equation? Yes. Like there are fish it is on you to figure out what yeah. they're eating and how to like the depth and all that stuff. So it's a good place to just like be trying things and figuring stuff out. Do you yep. pick up any ancillary species when you're targeting trout? Like, uh, are other species hitting what they're eating too? Yes. Um, and depending upon where, I don't know if you're just speaking specifically about that river, but depending upon where, you know, out West, you can catch whitefish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's grayling. And then, you know, here, the smallmouth will share a lot of the That's same water as the trout. Smallmouth were hitting yeah. that. Yeah. And then. Did you I catch mean, any smallmouth? Not no. there, no. Um, here, here in Louisville, though, where they stock Floyd's Fork, yeah. it's, there's a, a yeah. this special time of the year right now yeah. where the smallmouth and the trout are in the same areas and it is my dream because <laughs> you know you can I, I love smallmouth so but yeah it, you have you, more competition up here on Floyd's Fork than you do going down to the dam yeah when you go down it's just there, so accessible here there's a lot of people up at the top like close to the hatchery <clears throat> where the sidewalks are and then you know we saw two other guys while we were there yesterday i would say typically like a busy day you may see five other people down on the lower stretches of the creek because you got to hike through some stuff to get down there um access is good but you know it's it just it's not as busy as the top of the creek yeah and i mean i've been out there with a bunch of different people and like a lot of times what they say when i said like the first time i was out there is like this doesn't look like kentucky like it, they, the way it's set up it does not look like you're in kentucky they've managed it to like <clears throat> There's like a swampy portion and like there's all kinds of different it's super well managed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and very cool. Well designed. Like, yeah, very well designed and like intended to like give you a cool experience fly fishing. Like we saw a mink yeah. uh running through. We see mm-hmm. tons of ducks like right there. Deer so are like the like duck territory. It's ducky. Yeah, yeah it's yep. yeah, it's very ducky. We saw deer like fifteen, twenty yards away just hanging out. Like they have no worries about people. They're just so like fifteen, twenty yards away from the creek just on From the other us. side of the water they're like right oh, there really? looking yeah. i'm going man and they're just like look go back to doing what they're doing hanging they have no fear at all just shaking beavers shaking the water and stuff off of them yeah i mean it's it's just a overall let steven said he's like i'm having a hard time watching my indicator consistently because i'm just sitting here looking around at yeah. like all the different animals and all the different wildlife it's i heard a barred owl at one point yeah i don't know if anybody else i did hear that yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool spot. So, it, you know, it's two and a half hours from us. It's a really easy drive. We saw an eagle. Drive. Sorry, mm-hmm. we, we saw, saw an eagle. eagle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was cool. Bald eagle? I don't know. We have bald eagles here. I mean, yeah, yeah my, I know. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. 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 I think there's some other eagles maybe north, but it's probably a bald eagle. But yeah, so I, I love this place. Uh, we go a few times a year, I would say. Uh, it's a great place to take my, my son because it's, you know, that open area at the top where he can fish. So the fishing wasn't fantastic. Um, caught some stalker size, and then I actually 
caught two really nice sized trout. They weren't fat, so I don't think they've been porking up yet. Um, you know, so a lot of times they'll fight their way up in the creek. They lose a bunch of mass, and then they sit there and feed and feed. So one of them was on a woolly bugger down through the current, coming back up through the current, and it just, I think, came from under it the way he went after it. Um, that was pretty traditional fight, you know, little get him out of the current, get him to the side. It wasn't too bad. The next one I caught, I was on a small blood midge, and it was one of the more challenging fights that I've had with a trout because he kept diving down. He, I don't know if there was rock down there that he was trying to get to or what, but he kept diving down, couldn't get him out of the main current. And so, you know, I'm this, I have maybe a foot of my fly line out of the tip of the rod. And so if you don't know what that means, like you don't want your fly line to come back into the rod. And usually you have, 30, 40 feet of line out. And so he's right close, but I cannot get him any closer to get him to the net. So it was fun. You know, it's anytime it's like that and the heart starts racing and trying to fight this fish, get him out of the main current. He seemed to know what he was doing. And so Steven's like, I don't know, 50 yards away. And I gave a little, yeah, like just to get his attention. Um, Cause he, and then he, you know, walks over to help me with it. Because I didn't think I was going to be able to net the fish. I thought I was going to hand Steven the net and then get him to, to net it. But right as he got over there, I, I was able to, to get him out of the current and over to the side. And he was all scarred up like he had been fighting his way up through the rocks from the river. Uh, his colors were dark great. And I'm saying him because I assume this to be a male. Just uh, Usually females are bigger and fatter. Um, but it was a good fish. I mean – if I had to guess, somewhere in like the 16-inch range, uh, good, you know, good handful size holding him, and so that was cool. Then we go back up to. Did we go back up to the truck or did we? Yeah, just we did walk lunch. Back up? We yeah. did lunch and then went back. So yeah. this fish is at 11:15. Yeah, I looked at the pictures right before. Didn't catch another fish the rest of the day. And so it was all morning action, which was surprising because as it warms up, usually it heats up. We said the opposite in the truck. We were like, it's probably going to be an average morning yeah. and then a great afternoon just by the way the weather's looking and everything. Not how it played I don't, out. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, so we go back up, get lunch, go back down, fish the plunge pools. Nobody's – I think that was when Shane caught one, mm -hmm. that one small one. And then we went back up to the top just to – try to get some of the fish that are closer to the hatchery, a little easier to catch. Well, I'm fishing this part. So there's the section by the sidewalks and then there's a clear drop where the fish cannot get from the main river, cannot get up there. It's like the start of the catch and release part where you cannot keep fish. There's really shallow water, really fast current. And I'm fishing that same white streamer again and bringing it up through some rocks out of the current and it's kind of waving back and forth in the main current and as it gets past this rock i'm literally just dragging it almost like barely under the surface of the water and i see this porpoise back come up <laughs> out of the water i'm not kidding this fish's eyes were the size of a nickel a nickel so you figure that if his eyes are that big this trout is this got to be this big around and it, it had shoulders 
and traps. <laughs> like, like this was, they've been like doing drugs. This thing was like it like scared you. See. Yeah. It had a sore neck at home. It was just getting buff. I need to look at my heart rate on my watch because I'm sure it shot way up. <laughs> so he comes up and just swipes at this thing, but it almost didn't look like he was trying to eat it. I was like, okay. Mad. Huh? Just mad. Yeah. Just getting so you out of there. Th- a few casts later, I, that's what I kind of settled on. So I throw that same streamer again. He does the same thing. And he doesn't come as out of the water this time, but I just see his head just swipe. Like he's just crossing the current and then throw that a couple more times. He's not going after it. Switch flies come through. He goes after that one. I'm like, what in the world? Eat the thing. Like, (laughs) dude, eat it. And so I, I tried probably seven flies just trying to change it up. At that point he stopped doing it. And so I think he's, he figured out like, okay, this thing keeps coming to the same spot. Something's up. I think what he was doing was fighting for position in the creek, and mm. he was trying to move anything. Like, he had a good spot with that rock, and he was trying to get anything out of the way. So then I tried nymphs, thinking that he was eating small stuff, just hanging out by that rock. No no luck. I I have been picturing in my mind for the last, I don't know, 14 hours, yeah. this fish, where he's at, and seeing his eyeball come out of the water and – I want him. <laughs> I'm just imagining. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm imagining like the next time we go to hatchery and we all get out of the car and then we just like look and Jacob speed walking. <laughs> yeah. Speed walking to that See rock. you guys down there. <laughs> well, so I told Braden and, and Tucker and Shane on the way out. It's like, it's a good thing I found that fish last because if I had found it first. You would have worked it the whole day. I would have fished for eight hours to that fish. Uh, it's just how I am. Um, but dude. That would be a fish of a lifetime. It was big, very big. Sounds like a good trip. Fun yeah, times. Yeah, so, so go wild members, go catch Jacob's fish. Oh. Yeah, so in the app tag, I'm not telling sure you where to tag him. Yeah. Well, I guess I kind of described it. <laughs> you, you, well, you, well, I don't know. You're like, where well, the sidewalk ends, there's a drop-off. <laughs> and then you walk 50 paces. <laughs> if Jacob can't catch it. That's a good point. You're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Unless you really know what you're doing. That's a good point. But I think it's cool that that you guys met up with a member. I always tell people, man, I I mean, I share these stories and I think people think it's because it's me and I'm seeing this stuff. I'm like, no, I I mean, I meet people all the time that randomly Mm -hmm. met on Go Wild. I mean, Mike Larson's going hunting with, uh, you know, I think he's going turkey hunting this year and staying at it. He's going with a Go Wild member and staying at another Go Wild member's cabin. Like that kind of stuff is what we do and you just can't get it anywhere else. Yeah. When I, when I, Got the job at go. Oh, did we just lose? No, it's fine. We just keep going. Um, uh, before I actually started here, but I had gotten the job. I went fishing at Hatchery and met a guy uh, who's now on the app, Tristan Moorhead. Um, so yeah, it's cool. It's a good. It's a good talking point, and uh, it, it it'll be nice when you go up to people like, "Hey, you don't go wild," and people are like, "Yeah, of course I am," and you don't have to like pitch it every time. But um, it's. Uh, it's cool to meet those people in the wild for sure. Well, you got, I got, I got the like pity invite, uh, after the trip was already established. It was like, Brad, do you want to go? And you guys probably assumed I wasn't going to go yeah. and I didn't go. Uh, but the, I had a birthday dinner for my mom. Uh, we took her out to Tony's of Lexington and, uh, I was told it was the best steakhouse in Lexington. It was very good. One of the best seared steaks I've ever had. Uh, but that was like, we were there real late and I was like, I don't want to, I just didn't want to come back and then leave. And I totally forgot that I had Cub Scouts um, actually at Derek, who is a co-host on this show all the time. You guys know Derek well. So Derek hooked me up because I, I had this, um, 
you know, Cub Scouts you go through and you have all the achievements they have to do. And so we had to speak to someone that serves the community, either a veteran, police officer, fireman, something like that. And uh, I, I was like, this would be cool at a fire station. I bet Derek could hook me up. So we did. And we scheduled it, and Derek works at a very nice station. It's one of the newest ones. I mean, it is a slick office. He's and, got it easy is what you're saying. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, as far here. as facilities go, dude, I mean, this they have, like, a commercial-grade kitchen. Like, Derek doesn't ever talk about the kitchen that he's cooking in, and I just peeped in there, and, I mean, it's nice. And we get there uh, this weekend. When Derek wasn't there, and uh, but we roll in, and I'm coming in with eight Cub Scouts, and then a sibling and all these parents and we get there and these guys are all suiting up in a hurry. There's like the, uh, the sirens are all going off. There's an alarm. Uh, or I think I heard an alarm. I don't know. There's sounds everywhere. And I walk out and they're paying me no mind. They get in the truck and leave. And we are the only ones in the fire station. And I'm like, Oh God, I planned this whole thing around having a demonstration. <laughs> and so I had to drag out five minutes of material for 30 minutes with these scouts. And I'm just like <clears throat> hoping they're coming back. And then finally, the truck comes back, and we got to see they did an awesome demonstration. I've never had a more detailed demonstration of the truck and the engine. They explained the difference to the kids. They got to go through and see every compartment on every truck. Uh, saw the Jaws of Life. Like, the kids loved it. It was great. Derek's team's awesome. But that's that was why I couldn't join. And, and I told you guys, even if I didn't have anything, I think I would pull a Dan and – I would bank some equity towards turkey season because that's like it's just too close. I'm coming out of trade show season where I spend it all with the wife, like leaving her for weeks at a time uh, in the first half of the year. And I know next month kicks off turkey season, and I've already got my first two weekends of turkey season are spoken for through various commitments that I've got. So the last turkey weekend is open, which is usually the worst around here. And I think it's going to be even more. I think by second weekend, we'll be hitting those lulls that usually hit the last weekend because it's warmed up so fast here. Um, and, and so I'm trying to get aggressive on my evening and morning turkey hunts at midweek, which is going to interfere with school drop-offs and stuff. So I was like, I'm not burning that. So what kicked off the invite? Yeah, we were, we had already playing the trip that's all right i'm i mentioned wanting to start fly fishing yeah yeah to everybody listening out there that has ever thought i want to try fly fishing you don't have to go to a river Mm -hmm. creek stream the best fly fishing or the most enjoyable pound for pound is a bluegill pond i can help you cast like we can do that anytime and so this is open invitation i will fish at the drop of a hat you know that i know that so if you get two hours Hit me up, man. I have that Let's fly go. rod and reel that I bought off of Mark. Is it yeah. is it decent? Yeah, dude, it'll work. Yeah, I, I didn't think it. I mean, he said it was like a beginner level. Uh, I paid like fifty bucks for it off him, and I think he lost money on it. But um, I used a plastic reel with a cheap rod for yeah. two years. I mean, yeah, I've just like this trip. I got to try my my nice new setup, which was really cool. I got some tweaks to make, but. Yeah, I mean, I've got like twelve flies and a fifty dollar rod and reel setup. If you, if you bring that thing in here. Let me cast it a little bit. Sometimes on the cheaper rods, they're not, they don't work as smoothly on casting the line. And so sometimes you can go up a size. Mm. That would be the only thing that. Yeah. We, so I, I'm, man, I wish you had been with us at, when we went down to uh, Missouri. You were like that. Dude, it was so cool. Well, meeting Mark Van Patten, who is literally wrote the book on fly fishing. I mean, this huge legend in fly fishing got that you, you weren't with us either were you this is right before Braden started um i forgot Braden wasn't there um 
<clears throat> but Mark, we did the retreat there, and one day we went out, and Mark taught um, basically the whole team. Jacob, I think at that time, was the only one that was familiar with fly fishing. And so we got, you know, um, he, he spent time with, with teaching us how to cast. And then we did a little, but we didn't really get to fish much. Um, you know, we were kind of just learning to cast, roll cast, and that kind of stuff. And I haven't touched it since. I haven't, you know, I've, I've, I've fished. Yeah, I know it is a shame. Uh, but I haven't, I just haven't fly fished since then. If I'm usually out, I'm usually using, you know, my gear that I'm more familiar with. And I think I still have that intimidation factor going, I need to go out with Jacob. And, well, when we do the dicks, that's good fly fishing. <laughs> what? Gosh. Clip that. D-I-X. Uh, yeah, D-I-X. No. It's a kayak, out-and-back kayak trip off the Kentucky River, uh, and we're doing it this spring because it's my favorite uh, out-and-back, and it used to only have access from, like, a voluntary public access. It was, like, a guy with a trailer that had a boat ramp, and I think he, like, went to jail or something, so the, it was shut last season. And then I think the state of Kentucky just bought it and opened the ramp back up. So I always wonder if you just make up stuff that you don't know for sure. Like yeah. That sounded entirely made up. If you Did met he? this guy and saw his trailer, it would be the most logical. <laughs> it would be the most but logical. Just admit, thing. you filled in some gaps there, didn't you? I'm assuming he went to <laughs> <laughs> Did he suffer death by it makes for a fun story. Yeah. The, I went down there with my boat, and it was like caution tape around it the trailer was totally gone it was like Ugh. trespassers will be prosecuted sort of sort of thing i'm like mm, something happened here so that that river that he's talking about is one of chris poor's most hyped. oh yeah okay well that says a lot to me nobody knows yeah who, I, uh, well yeah, there we go dude i say it it's no, like whatever no oh, jacob, someone else says jacob it. knows chris poor is a mentor of mine he was actually on restless native r.i.p that feed sorry guys not chris uh, the uh, no so <laughs> r.i.p the feed chris poor was a mentor to me in college for journalism but also this just really uh, experienced angler. He he had a fishing magazine for a while that he ran, he right? Did. Like yep. the dude's very legit. And now he works in advertising. He's got all these boat clients. I mean, th th he's just very experienced, um, savvy angler. And uh, it's my favorite, yeah, by far. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. There's no development on either side, so you're just going through these canyons, and there's no houses or anything. And then you hit these rapids that any sort of John boat or motorized boat can't get up past it. And so you can kayak, you get out of your kayak and you kind of pull it up through the rocks and get back in. And then that whole next mile leading up to the, oh, I forget the name of that dam. Was it called? Lake Harrington? The Harrington Lake Dam. There's a dam, so out of the bottom of the water is cold water, so trout can live there year-round, even in the summer. They stock it. They just walk up to the dam and dump it over dump the fish over the dam but trout can live there year-round because the water stays cold enough so you get trout fishing you get smallmouth and largemouth in the river and then i've never caught anything on the kentucky but you know i'll go out there with my depth finder and it's like you know 40 50 60 yeah, feet deep. so you know that there's some monsters down in there actually right there where the dicks river comes into the kentucky river there's a, a cliff rock wall is great fishing just because of that current coming in. Yeah, there's a, there's a high bridge, train bridge you go under, and you just know those pilings, pylons are going to be stocked with monsters of some sort. I always get nervous because a lot of times I go by myself and I just envision myself getting capsized by some huge fish that I didn't <laughs> that I made a mistake hooking up to. Well, but again, we're talking about half-day 
long trip. We yeah. got to get you out on some of these. Yeah, and that's not, I mean backyards. That's probably again more. right now was just you're, you're competing with turkey season, yeah. and I'm, yep. I'm not doing it. But yeah. don't worry, once we get the shower done, happy yeah. wife. Happy I just life. need to kill a bird first time out, and then I could make yeah, room for I some other things. Too. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, this was a fun show. Uh, thanks again to Wildland Coffee for keeping us caffeinated. Thanks to you all for listening. If you're not logging these shows on Go Wild, you're missing out because we are giving away some crazy stuff on rewards. If you haven't noticed on your Go Wild account, we've hit a lot of new rewards that are coming in. There, uh, you know, just recently we introduced a Badlands Bino case that was a smoking deal. We're flying through those. There was a turkey kill kit with that came with a, a turkey target and a sticker sheet. It was like five bucks. I mean, these are killer rewards, and you get this stuff by just building points. And one of the easiest way to build points is logging these shows you're listening to. So go to Go Wild. Uh, if you don't have Go Wild, it's download GoWild.com or look up Go Wild in the App Store. You hit the plus sign, Log Time Outdoor Podcast. You'll find Uncensored here, and you can pick which filthy show you decide to listen to today tag us we have Braden Ware Dan Hood Jacob Knight and Brad Luttrell thanks again to Dan Johnson for having us on the Sportsman's Empire all right we're out thanks guys